All right, we have been uh, working through the book of Ephesians, and um, we sort of ended up on uh, that verse uh, called, uh, that says, speak, or to speak the truth in love. And we've taken that verse, and we've kind of been building a series around it called Dealing with Difficult People, and this will be the last uh, message in uh, that series. And so uh, before we do, let's, let's pray. Father, today we, we just want to uh, thank you, uh, God, for moms. Uh, God, we thank you for the gift that they are. We thank you, God, for the hard work that, that they do. Uh, God, uh, a lot of that work sometimes goes unnoticed, but not unnoticed by you. And God, we thank you for um, uh, just the rewards you have in heaven, God, for moms, for all those little deeds, God, that uh, are not seen or praised by anyone. Uh, God, we uh, pray, God, over our moms for strength, God, for energy, uh, God, for more of your life to be at work in them. Uh, God, we pray for any moms that are hurting uh, this morning, uh, just because of difficult issues in their families, their homes. God, we pray uh, for your healing power to be upon their hearts. Uh, God, we pray for the fullness of your spirit upon them. Uh, God, we pray for your miraculous powers, God, to be healing uh, whatever God is calling, uh, causing those hurts. Uh, God, we pray blessing, God, and honor uh, over each, each mom uh, in our midst and in this community. Uh, and God, we think of Ruth today, a mom who's not here, God, with her broken leg and ankle, God, in the hospital. We pray uh, quick healing, God, over her leg. Um, God, we pray that you uh, might bless her uh, even today in the hospital. And God, we pray that you would speak to us as we uh, finish off this series as well. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Yeah, so this week uh, we are going to be looking for people to help with meals for Ruth. She's got to be off her, can't put any weight on her leg for two months, which is a long time. So uh, her sister is going to be coming up this week to help a little bit, but uh, we'll be sending out an email looking for people who will be willing to help with meals uh, now and then for for our dear old Ruth, who is uh, yeah, one more day in the hospital. So if you are going into Nelson today, she's room in three, 314, just on the left. You can go say hi, or maybe bring her a flower if you're uh, heading into town. All right, so uh, we're going to finish off our series uh, talking about dealing with uh, difficult people. And we're going to be speaking uh, about boundaries. And uh, we know difficult people. We sometimes are that difficult person. Uh, sometimes that difficult person is in the workplace, sometimes that difficult person is in your own home or your neighbor or wherever it might be. Uh, we've been talking about how to deal with those difficult people. And today we're going to talk about those really difficult people, sometimes known as people call them toxic people. Uh, people that when you're around, I mean just, uh, I mean you can define a toxic person by when you're around them, you always feel worse about yourself. You just feel like your energy is drained out of you. Uh, you feel farther from God, and you're just like, I got to go recover. Uh, we know sometimes we're, we can be around people who are very toxic and very, very difficult. Uh, Proverbs 18 says, the tongue has the power of life and death. And, and sometimes around people who, who just speak life into us. Uh, we feel better. We feel closer to God. We feel encouraged, even though we're super down. We just feel that life has been infused to us. And there's others. When we're around them, we just feel the life being drained out of us. Their, their tongue brings death, not life. Proverbs 15 says, The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. And again, there are all those people sometimes that just crush 
our spirits again and again and again. And these are known as toxic people or very difficult people. Or the Bible calls them fools or mockers. And there's a lot in Proverbs about toxic, uh, foolish, mocker kind of people. And all of us, because we're all sinners, have a little bit of this toxicity in us. Uh, There are times when we don't speak life. There are times when we are toxic. uh, But there are people who just, this is more of an issue in them. And we could say uh, different kinds of toxic people. Uh, There's the judger, the person who uh, is always pointing out the speck in everybody else's eye. Uh, but they never look at the log in their own eye. I mean, they have a logging truck load of logs in their own eye, and yet they're constantly pointing out every fault in every person. Uh, they're just constantly judging. Whenever you're around them, just, it's judgment after judgment after judgment. They never go talk to the person. They just judge everyone that they see. Similarly, there's the critic who always has something critical to say. Uh, you can do the nicest thing for them, and you do it hoping that they're going to say, wow, thank you, and they, they find something critical. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how amazing the event is or how awesome church is. They always have something critical to say. They will always criticize you, even when you do something amazing, because they can just never let you. They just have a hard time honoring people uh, because they're insecure. So they're always trying to pull everyone down. That's the critic. There's the controller. They don't allow you any freedom. Uh, They micromanage everything you do. If you have one of these people in your home, you often will lose your uh, sense of self-identity because everything you think or say, you have to like, how are they going to respond? How are they going to control this? You really have no freedom because this person controls everything that goes on. That is the controller. And then we have the kind of toxic person who is a liar, who just lies about everything. Uh, if they've made a mistake, they lie about it because they can't handle saying, I actually made a mistake. If you have an amazing fishing story, you wouldn't believe the fish I caught. They always got a better story because they got to always outdo you. They cannot celebrate anybody. They cannot admit anything. So they just constantly lie. There is the toxic person that is a gossiper. Uh, Whenever you're around this person, they have the the latest story about so-and-so, the latest story about some person or what happened here, or they just constantly are gossiping. And you know if you're around these people and they're constantly gossiping to you about other people, you know if you're not there, they're going to be gossiping about you. That is the gossiper. And then there's the parasite. Uh, Proverbs 25 says, seldom set foot in your neighbor's house, too much of you, and they will hate you. This is the person that is always around, and you don't want them to be around, but they can never pick up the clue. Uh, They're always taking your time, your energy, your money. They're always asking, 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 and they're never willing to lift a finger for you. They have high standards for everything, but none for themselves because they are just really self-absorbed and uh, just cannot see the needs of other people. Now, there's the tempter They're always tempting you. Uh, They don't respect your boundaries. They don't respect your convictions. They're always tempting you to to drink more than you want to drink. They're always tempting you to buy more than you want to buy. They're always tempting you to go places you don't want to go. They're just constantly tempting you. There's the sulker. And this person is the person who always puts on a pity party. 
Again, if they've made a mistake, they just they just are they always play the victim. They always like, oh, it's me. They always want everybody uh, to accommodate to where they are at. They, well, I mean, just won't admit anything. They're, they're, they always sulk. And then there's the volcano, as Proverbs 15 talks about. A hot-tempered person stirs up conflict, but the one who is patient calms a quarrel. Uh, this person stirs up conflict just like that. They can turn anything into an argument. You come to have a common conversation, they just turn into an argument. And you are always got to be really careful around these people. You tiptoe around your house. You got to think before you speak because really don't have any freedom. You got to think, well, if I say this, does it matter? Well, what if I say it this way? And really, it's all because you don't know when they are going to explode. And we can probably go talk about more. There's lots in the Proverbs, but there are toxic people all around us. And again, all of us have a little bit of this within us. But it can become extreme and it can make relationships with toxic people really really difficult. And we're going to talk about how to work through that today. Toxic people affect us. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 says this, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Uh, Bad company corrupts good character. He says, don't be misled because sometimes you think, well, I can handle it. I can handle this day in or day out. I, I can be around this person all the time and not be affected, but it does affect you. Uh, don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Proverbs 13 says, walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools or mockers, as the Bible says, or toxic people suffers harm that after a while it begins to wear on you. After a while you begin to feel worse about yourself, you begin to feel farther from God, and you just are out of spiritual and emotional energy. It affects you. 2 Timothy puts it this way, avoid godless chatter because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. That again, if you're around extremely toxic people, uh, you will tend to get wrapped in and become more and more ungodly. It says their teaching will spread like gangrene. And this is a picture of what toxic people do. Often their toxicity will spread like gangrene gangrene. And if you know anything about gangrene, it is, it is horrible and disgusting. But Paul says this is a picture of what getting involved with toxic people or hanging around toxic people too much can actually be. And to, uh, if you have a weak stomach, you've got to close your eyes for this point. But I'm going to show you a picture of, like, it's, uh, it's gross. But uh, here's a picture of gangrene. And this is what Paul says it's like to be around toxic people. It, it spreads. It begins to rot. It, it begins to affect you. And this is why we need to talk about boundaries. Because it's important for us to have boundaries when it comes to toxic people. Now, this doesn't mean we pull away from all toxic people. Because God has called us into this world and called us to be ministers of the good news. Uh, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor but the sick. I have come not to call the righteous, but sinners. He's come to call the toxic people, the mockers, the fools. He's come to call us. Jesus went into this world to help hurting people, and that includes toxic people. And John 17 says, I'm not asking you to take them, that's us, out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world, that we are actually called into the world. 
And there are times when we are called actually to minister and try to help foolish, toxic people in our lives. But the question is, when it comes to bad company corrupts good character and this other side that we're called into the world, how do we know when to, to make space? How do we know when to draw closer to them really is the issue, and we've talked about this before, the issue of whether you can be a thermometer or a thermostat. And this is just a, a good picture of uh, what it means when we've got to put it boundaries or what it means when we can minister. A thermometer, basically, when you stick it into a room, it just, the temperature adjusts whatever the temperature of the room is. A thermostat, when you bring it into a room, changes the temperature. We are called not to be of the world. We're not called to walk into society and just kind of warm up to whoever the society is, or we come across a gossip and we just kind of become a gossip like them, or we come across a judger and we begin to judge like them. I mean, if we just become what they are, that's dangerous. It probably means we need to make some space. But if we can go in there, assault and light, and affect the atmosphere, change their heart, and begin to minister to them, that is a good thing. We are called to be salt and light. We are called to be people who work with Jesus to transform lives. And if you're able to do that with toxic people, great, continue to minister. But if it's affecting you, you're feeling worse about yourself, you have no more energy, you're emotionally drained, you, you just, you're, just, you're just being poisoned, then you need to put up some boundaries. Now, when it comes to toxic people, again, we've talked about some of the stuff. We are to make allowances for other people's faults. Ephesians 4.2 says, and this is with uh, toxic people as well, always be humble and gentle, be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. That we all, again, have some toxicity within us. And sometimes we make a little bit of allowance for that toxicity. I mean, if it's kind of a one-off thing or it's kind of a rare thing or it's not really hurting a lot of people, we make allowances for that. But if it's constantly spewing out of someone's life, if this toxicity is constantly affecting and hurting you and others, then it's time for you to step up to the next level, which we talked about last week. And that is you need to have a conversation with this person. You need to speak the truth in love. And we talked about this last week. We're not going to talk about it much, but um, we talked about this phrase. It is always more rewarding and maturing to resolve a conflict than to end a relationship. It is always more rewarding and maturing to resolve a conflict than to end a relationship. That often, when it comes to toxic people, just want to end the relationship. It just seems easy to get away. I just want to, don't want to see you anymore. I just want to leave you. I don't want to talk to you. We'll just end it. But that's not as rewarding and definitely not as maturing as trying to work through it with that person. And last week we talked about how to have a conversation when there is a conflict, and uh, that's on the web, but we went through a bunch of points. We won't go in that today. But if they don't respond, you try to talk to them, they're still spewing toxicity, you try to minister to them, they're, you're still being hurt, others are being hurt, then this is what we are going to talk the rest of our time about. We've got to remember that toxic people often do not respond well to correction. You try to speak the truth and love to them. You try to, to bring up how they're hurting you. That often, just because of the nature of their toxicity, do not respond well. And Proverbs has a lot to say about this. Proverbs 15, 12, mockers resent correction. Proverbs 17, 10, a rebuke 
impresses a discerning person more than a hundred lashes of fool. That often uh, toxic people aren't mature enough to handle correction. And by the way, this is one of the no ways you know how you are maturing in Christ or not, is if you can handle someone coming to you and say, you know, I need to talk to you. If you get defensive and angry and just resist it and not willing to listen, you got some maturing to do in Jesus. Uh, you need to work on your identity in Christ. But if you're, okay, you know, I, I need other people to grow. Sometimes I need to have people speak into my life. Sometimes iron sharpens iron. I can't always see all the faults in my life. I welcome correction. That's when you know you're maturing in Jesus. That's when you know that you need the community of God's people to help you grow, and we all do. It has a lot to do with maturity and how you respond or receive correction. But toxic people don't want to hear it, don't want to listen to it. They'll just turn the blame back on you. You will walk away feeling like you're the bad person, not them. I mean, because they're always trying to take their hurt, and they are always putting it on other people. And so we need, when we're dealing with these people, to refuse to be offended and to not take it personally. And this is hard. To not be offended and to not take it personally. And the reason you need to do this is because when someone is spewing toxicity, it actually has very little to do with you and has everything to do with what's inside them. And toxic people, when they're being toxic, actually are just revealing what's going on inside their heart. And we've talked about this, that hurting people hurt people. And people are very broken and very hurting, they often will just spew toxicity. And that's why you shouldn't take it personally, because often it has very little to do with you. It has everything to do with what's going on inside. And, and Proverbs, again, has lots to say about this, but Proverbs 12, 16, a fool is quick-tempered. So if someone is quick-tempered, it means they're foolish. It's not necessarily your fault. It's because of what's inside. They're a fool inside. They're, they're a toxic person. But a wise person stays calm even when insulted. It has everything to do, toxicity is all about what's inside that person's heart, not necessarily yours. Proverbs 12, 16, fools show their annoyance at once, but the prudent overlook an insult. And again, if someone gets really annoyed really easy, it's not so much about you, it's about what's going on and being revealed in their own heart. Proverbs 13, where there is strife, there is pride. And a lot of toxicity, a lot of conflict, as we talked about, is simply because my pride was hurt. And we as followers of Jesus are always to be putting away our pride and entering into humility, again, willing to receive a rebuke, willing to, to receive a hard conversa conversation. But you got to refuse to be offended because it's, it's more about them, not necessarily about you. And this allows you to come to a place where you might even feel for them and begin to pray for them. And realize that this is coming out of a place of brokenness. This is coming out of a place where they have not got their identity with Jesus right. They still are trying to find their identity in looking good or feeling good or, you know, being the popular person or whatever it might be. So refuse to be offended and don't take it personally. Uh, you also need to refuse to play their game. They will play games of gossip, of judging, of anger. And it is very easy for us to enter into the same game. If they get mad, I'm going to get mad. They're a gossip, well, I got some gossip. They're critical, well, I got stuff critical to say about you and your life. Refuse to play their game because you're just entering into the whole toxic stew and you just make it worse. If they get angry, you don't get angry. If they're bitter, 
you don't get bitter. If they're unforgiving, you forgive. You do not enter their game or their toxicity. Romans 12 says, and again, dealing with toxic people, love must be sincere. Honor one another above yourselves. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Do not be proud. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge. Do not play their game. Do not enter into their game. It will just make it more toxic and the situation worse. Now, our main point today is this, that we need to create healthy boundaries when it comes to toxic people. And what is a boundary? A boundary is this. Uh, boundaries are limits against toxic behavior that we place in our lives that are designed to promote health in ourselves and change in others. There, there are limits we place against toxic people that promote health, emotional, spiritual health in ourselves so that we have energy to love and to bless and to give and to promote change in others. And a lot of times Christians have a hard time with the issues of boundaries. Uh, there's a sense sometimes that we as Christians think that we should just be doormats. If someone pushes us, we just go, oh, okay, you can push me. If someone hurts us, we go, okay, you can just hurt me. You know, we just kind of, we, we, we think it's the biblical way just to be doormats. And there's not one verse in this Bible that says you should be a doormat. Uh, you're not to be a doormat. Uh, Jesus, who was perfect, put up boundaries all the time. And he never sinned, and he is our example. And we'll just look at some of the boundaries that Jesus put up uh, when it came to toxicity or just difficult people or difficult situations. You remember in Matthew 16, Jesus was saying, talking about the disciples, saying, you know, I I'm going to die and be crucified. And, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Peter was trying to control Jesus. Jesus, you're thinking wrong. You need to follow what I'm thinking. This is not going to happen to you. He tries to control Jesus. And Jesus turned to Peter and says, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. He puts up a boundary and says, that's just not right. There will be people who will try to control you. Say, no, you shouldn't be doing this. You need to be doing this. No, I don't think you. They just try to control you. And there are times when you need to put up a boundary and say, really, that's not what God's calling me to do. God's calling me to do this or whatever it might be. In Matthew 12, we see that while Jesus was talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. And Jesus knew, because his brothers thought he was crazy, that they were coming for the wrong motive. They were trying to shut down his ministry or trying to, to speak something into his life that, that was not right. And Jesus didn't go, okay, you know, well, it's my family. I just got to do whatever they say. No, he put up a boundary, even with family. And he replied to him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mothers and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my mother and sister, uh, uh, brother and sister and mother. He even put up boundaries with his family. He didn't just go like, well, I guess I got to be a doormat and I just got to do whatever they say. No, he said, these people are trying to manipulate me. They're trying to bring me to a place that God's not calling me to be. He puts up a boundary. We see he puts up time boundaries. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, 
And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. You know, people need you. you got to come. There's stuff to do. People want you, Jesus. And Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. Again, there will be people who put pressure on you. You need to be there. you got to do this. I, you got you to gotta enter in because, you know, this is you, you are. You know, they have time demands on you. And sometimes they're like, well, I just gotta, I'll try to fit it in my schedule. Even you're like, I don't really think I should be doing this. And again, sometimes we just, as Christians, don't put up boundaries. Jesus put up boundaries. Maybe some of those people needed to be healed. Some of those people needed ministry. But Jesus says, God's calling me someone else right now. And sometimes you just got to say, you know, that doesn't fit in my schedule right now. I, I don't really feel that's what God is calling me to do or whatever. Jesus even put up time boundaries. He put up boundaries in, in conversations. Matthew 22, Jesus, knowing their evil intent, said, you hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? He called them on it. And sometimes in conversations, you need to call people on it. If someone starts gossiping towards you, just say, have you talked to that person? Well, no, I don't want to hear it. You call them on it. If they begin to try to you know, trap you or manipulate you as they did Jesus, it is okay as a Christian to put up a boundary and say, you know, that's not appropriate. We see in Luke, uh, when Herod saw Jesus, he was greatly pleased because for a long time he had been wanting to see him. For what he had heard about him, he hoped to, him, uh, to see him perform a sign of some sort. So Herod wanted, wanted to see Jesus do some sort of miracle. So you go, wow, I saw it or whatever. And he plied him with many questions, but Jesus gave him no answer. He didn't even reply. They might say, well, that's really rude. Well, he's putting up a boundary. He knew Herod's heart was totally off, not in the right place, a toxic person. He just didn't answer. And there are times in your conversations that you actually need to put up boundaries and respond very little or say, you know, I just don't want to talk about that right now or that's not appropriate or whatever it might be. Uh, we see in Matthew 15, then the disciples came to him and asked, do you realize you offended the Pharisees by what you just said? Uh, Jesus replied, every plant not planted by my heavenly father will be uprooted. And then he says this, so ignore them. Ignore them. I always say, well, that's not very Christian to ignore somebody. I mean, Jesus did this. I mean, the Pharisees were very toxic people, very religious people. And Jesus says, just ignore them. And there are times when we actually need to pull away from people because they are so toxic. Titus tells us to do these things. Avoid foolish conver con uh, controversies. Just avoid them. Don't enter in them. Don't say, well, we need to talk about it. We need to pray about this. Just, just avoid them. A boundary. Avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels about the law for they are unprofitable and worthless. And sometimes, again, there are conversation boundaries when someone's trying to stir up conflict or dissension or they just want to fight or they're picking on some group or a person that's just not an appropriate conversation. You're to put up a boundary. Paul actually rebukes the Corinthian church for not doing this. Sometimes we think being a doormat as a Christian is a good thing. Paul rebukes the Corinthians for being a doormat. He says this, in fact, you even put up with anyone who enslaves you or exploits you or takes advantage of you or puts on airs or slaps you in the face. Why are you letting yourselves be a doormat, Paul says? You're not putting up boundaries. You need to put up boundaries. 
I mean, and sometimes we as Christians think that we should just, you know, well, if they want my time, I've got to give their time. If they want it, Jesus said no, and there are times when we need to say no. There are times to put up boundaries. In fact, the whole book of Galatians, you know, is about boundaries. The whole book of Galatians, Paul wrote to the church of Galatia saying, you guys need to put up some boundaries because people are abusing you. In Galatians 5, it says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And it's basically a summary of the whole book. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. That Paul, when he planted this church, planted the church in freedom. They're walking in the freedom of Jesus. And then these Pharisees, these religious, legalistic people came in and said, yeah, Jesus is cool, but we've got to add all these other rules. You need to, to you know, follow all these rules, and all of a sudden these people aren't free. They're weighed down by all these rules and laws, and, you know, they're kind of, well, focused on Jesus, but they're more focused on rules. And Paul says, stand firm and don't let yourselves be yoked on this burden. And sometimes toxic people will do this, weigh you down with rules and laws and control you. Don't let someone take your freedom in Jesus. There is a place that we need to put up healthy boundaries in our lives, and that is biblical, a biblical thing to do. Sometimes we need to use these kind of words. I'm not comfortable with that. I'd rather not talk about that. I'm not willing to do that. I'm not going to let you talk to me or treat me like that or whatever it might be. Again, it's always in love. Uh, any truth, as we talked about last week, always needs to be spoken in love, even our boundaries. You know, some people just say, well, I just say it as it is. I hope you're not that kind of person, because that just means you're rude. Truth is always to be spoken in love. As we talked about a truth burrito, truth must always be wrapped in the burrito of love. That's how we do it as Christians. And even when we lay down boundaries, they must be boundaries that are spoken in love and with a heart of love for that person. Uh, we need to guard our heart, maintain our joy and strength in Jesus. It's one of the reasons we put up boundaries. Because often toxic people will rob us of energy, keep, make us feel farther from God, and, and we're so drained that we can barely take care of our own lives, let alone really minister and be a gospel of light and salt. Proverbs tells us that above all else, we're to guard our heart for everything you do, do, uh, do does, it flows from your heart. And you need to make sure that you're walking in the freedom and the freshness of Jesus. All fruitfulness comes from intimacy with Jesus. And if a toxic person is robbing you of intimacy with Jesus and time with Jesus, you need to put up a boundary. I mean, in many ways, boundaries is like the story of a lawn. Let's say you have this nice, beautiful green lawn. And uh, you, you just like having your place nice. And your neighbor has a brown lawn because they don't care about their lawn. And you're like, well, their, their lawn is brown and mine is green. It's making my house look bad because i got to sell it. I better start watering their lawn, but there's water restrictions. You can only water so much. But you take your sprinklers and you put it on their lawn and you start watering their lawn trying to make it look nice and green. And it's, it starts to get green, but your lawn starts to die. And it starts to go brown. And all of a sudden, they're looking green, but you are falling apart. And this happens sometimes with toxic people. They're, they're demanding, they're, they're robbing you of energy, they're wanting this and that, or they're gossiping or judging, and you're just getting more and more empty, and you're trying to protect them, you're trying to help them, you're trying to, to minister to them, and you just become weak and weak and weak and weak and weaker, and you're not God in your heart. You cannot, you cannot minister effectively if you're not 
walking close to Jesus. You cannot minister in the power of Jesus if you're not being intimate with Jesus. All of the power that we have in life comes from a close walk, a green, vibrant walk with Jesus. You need to watch that in your life. And Jesus, again, put up boundaries in this area. It says news about him spread all the more so the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sickness. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. He made sure that he was alive in Jesus. And you need to make sure that you're alive in Jesus. If a toxic person is affecting your life in Jesus, you've got to put up some boundaries so that you might be full so that you can actually minister. The other reason you need to guard your heart and put up boundaries is that we need to choose the discomfort of speaking the truth in love and putting up a boundary over resentment. That we need to choose the discomfort of speaking the truth in love and putting up a boundary over resentment because here's what happens. You're around a toxic person, you just get angry at them. You get resentful. And again, this is sort of what we talked about, stuffing conflict. You don't say anything. You just think, I am, as a Christian, should be a doormat, so I shouldn't really say. Maybe it's not loving to do anything or put up a boundary or say anything. And you just get more and more resentful. Every time you see that person, you're just like, and you're just bitter. Whenever you picture that person, you just get angry, and your heart is just wrong. There is to be no bitterness in our heart as Christians. It's to be full of forgiveness. And this is why you need to put up a boundary and why you need to maybe speak the truth in love. Because if you don't speak the truth or put up a boundary, you'll just get more and more bitter. Brene Brown, who is uh, famous on TED Talks, has some great talks, said this. When we fail to set boundaries and hold people accountable, we feel used and mistreated. So we don't put up any boundaries. We just let them treat us like a doormat. We just feel used and mistreated. This is why we sometimes attack who they are, which is far more hurtful than addressing a behavior or choice. In other words, you can address the behavior, have a conversation love, or put up a boundary, or you can just walk in resentfulness and bitterness, and that's not what we should do. Meaning we need to address the person, put up a boundary, so that we can walk into a place where our heart is full of love and grace. And the other reason we need to do boundaries is it's actually one of the ways we actually help difficult people change. It's one of the ways that you can help a toxic person change. Proverbs 19, 19. A hot-tempered person must pay the penalty. Rescue them, and you will have to do it again. And often what we do with a toxic person is we come to the rescue. We cover up their sin, we make excuses for them, and they keep doing it, and we say, well, you know, you know, maybe they'll get better next time for the thousandth time you've said that. And you continue making excuses, you keep absorbing their pain, they spew pain, and you just absorb it yourself, and you get weaker. And they spew pain, and you, they absorb it themselves. Rescue them, and you'll have to do it again. They're not going to change. One of the big reasons we put up a boundary as Christians, as Jesus put a boundary, because it forces the person to feel their own pain and actually change. Dr. Henry, Henry Cloud, who's written a lot about this, he wrote that famous book, Boundaries. He said this, we change our behavior when the pain of staying the same becomes greater than the pain of changing. Consequences give us the pain that motivate us to change. Toxic people 
sometimes feel some of their own pain. But if you constantly cover it up, make excuses, you know, just keep, you know, not addressing it, they just live in that pain, and they're not motivated to change. Because for a toxic person to change, that's hard. That's a lot of work for a toxic person to change. But if you start drawing lines, and you start helping them feel their own pain, and their pain becomes great enough, that is when people change. Dr. Henry, uh, or uh, Glacian said, uh, says this, a man reaps what he sows. Again, people who sow in toxicity, if you keep reaping for them and, and covering up what they're going to reap, again, they don't feel the pain. Sometimes you need to say, you know what, I'm going to let you reap what you've sown. And the only way you do that with a toxic person is to put up a boundary. I'm not going to absorb your pain. I'm going to put up a wall. You need to feel the own pain of your own sin. Uh, Henry Cloud, he says this. When a spouse says to the alcoholic, you need to go to AA, that is obviously not true in, in terms of the alcoholic doesn't think that he needs to go. The addict feels no need to do that at all and isn't going to go. But when she says, I am moving out, and will be open to getting back together when you are getting treatment for your addiction, then all of a sudden the addict feels, I need to get some help or I'm going to lose my marriage. The need has been transferred. It is the same way with any kind of problematic behavior of a person who is not taking feedback or ownership. The need and drive to do something about it must be transferred to that person. And that is done through having consequences that finally make him feel the pain instead of others. When he feels the pain, he will feel the need to change. A plan that has hope is one that limits your exposure to the foolish person's issues and forces him to feel the consequences of his performance so that he might have hope of waking up and changing. In other words, they need to feel enough pain to motivate them to change because toxic people usually don't change on their own. They'll just continue being toxic and just continue hurting people unless God steps in there and does a miracle because sometimes that happens. God's goodness can lead to repentance. But sometimes you just need to put up some sort of boundary, and you got to figure out what that means for your own self and your own safety and your own health so that that pain bounces back and all of a sudden like, oh, I'm actually feeling the pain that I'm causing. And this can be really hard. When we begin to set boundaries with people we love, a really hard thing happens. They hurt. They may feel a hole where you used to plug up their aloneness, their disorganization, or their financial irresponsibility. Whatever it is, they will feel a loss. If you love them, this will be difficult for you to watch. Extremely difficult. It's one of the hardest things to do. When you love someone, you just want to cover up for their sin. You want to make excuses. You just want to make it feel all better and hope that maybe in the, the, the tenth time, thousandth time, they're going to get better. But if they continue doing it and it continues to hurt you and others, you need to put up that boundary even though it's going to be so hard and hurtful. Whatever it is, they will feel a loss. If you love them, this will be difficult for you to watch. But when you are dealing with someone who is hurting, remember that your boundaries are both necessary for you and helpful for them. If you have been enabling them to be irresponsible, your limit setting may nudge them towards responsibility. And so sometimes those boundaries help people to change. 
And this is a really difficult thing. Uh, because there are times when, as Christians, we are covered to, asked to cover people's sins. There are times when we are asked to absorb people's hurts and, and, and to carry each other's burdens. But the Bible also says that people also are to carry their own burdens. And, and, and how do we know when to put up a boundary and when not? I mean, this is where we need the wisdom of God. I mean, there just is no easy answer when it comes to really difficult relationships. But I know where you got to start. And that is going to Jesus for wisdom. And there's wisdom in God. God knows exactly what you should do in that toxic relationship. Uh, James 1 says, if you, any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all. You never move into putting a boundary until, God, is this what you want me to do? God, is this where you're leading us? God, is this going to be helpful to them and helpful for me? To ask God for wisdom, to focus on Jesus, to make sure you're being intimate with Jesus so that you have power and energy to love that toxic person, Make sure you're putting boundaries. Don't lose your intimacy with Jesus. Put up a boundary. It may be the very thing that actually finally causes that person to change. And do this in the wisdom of God. Let's pray. Yeah, call the worship team up as well. Right, God, we, uh, we just lift this all up to you. It's a difficult topic, and there's so much to be said, and there's lots of different sides to every difficult relationship. And God, we just pray most of all that you would give us wisdom. That like Jesus, that he would only do what he sees the Father doing. That we would not go, that we would not go ahead of you or behind you or uh, off to the left or the right. God, we, we would be walking with you in our relationships. God, I pray for this, uh, uh, those in this room who are dealing with toxic people. God, for those in this room who are weighed down and they're tired and they're out of energy, and they have no emotional strength left, and, and they feel they have no freedom. God, I pray you would pour out your strength upon them. I pray you'd be speaking clear wisdom into their minds, and when and where and how to put up a boundaries, God, that promote their own health and the change in those people. God, we pray, God, for your miraculous working power. God, that all of us who deal with, we all deal with a bit of that toxicity that you would continue to be cleansing, God, that out of our hearts. That you continue to help us, God, to be walking in the maturity of your son, Jesus. God, there'd be people who would be givers and receivers of love of every person we meet, and especially of you. In Jesus' name, amen.